this is this is idiot mystic and uh we are live we've gone irl 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 yes that's this a is a really hard silence to start yes. off with with cat the alien and IRL. with yes real life all the way from kansas city yes i don't know if would they hear the end of the can do you think the mic would pick up the yeah quiet singing also i mean it picked up me up when i was just talking about the stickers i think True. it's gonna be fine fine think it's gonna be fine okay i think you're overthinking it and we're only 35 seconds in yes what are we supposed to look at each other during the podcast i don't know i've actually screen? you know what this is my first time doing a, an episode where i wasn't staring at my screen i've other people look at each other but that seems really like then you sit there's a table we could have yeah they uh, usually sit like across from each other i don't I know what's happening with you right now. So what what could we talk about if I already know what's happening with you and the point of the podcast is to keep keep track of what's happening with you. What is happening with you for the record? If I mean, you have I've been officially dying you? since I've gotten back to Arizona. Absolutely suffering. I've been back in Arizona for a week and I like have eczema on the back of my hands it's like really like light right now but like that hasn't been there for like over a year I've had, from dryness yeah it's from this it's just from the air it's from like okay you went overexposure to things i'm allergic to so literally you have eczema but outside of that you went to the main concert for i two did i went to go see the main two nights in a row and i've come to the 100 percent conclusion that it is absolutely without a doubt a cult so Outside yeah. of it being a cult, now that we're cashing you fresh off the main and we've talked about it before, mm-hmm. is it? does it sound silly to say, because we talked about it earlier and you said the main has saved your life since... Oh yeah, no, they've been like a big reason, part of the reason why I've managed to be alive as long as I am, and it's so silly, it's so silly to put so much of that onto a band, but it's like... I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like, music is very powerful. And for some people, it's it's the entire conversation that you need to have with yourself. And, but I guess, how are you walking the line between not being like those people who are, like, the music is more important than them? So they maybe are alive because of the music, but more they're alive to serve the artist's purpose. Whereas you're clearly serving your own purpose and doing your own narrative. I mean, I, I, I definitely, there are definitely some of the main fans where their entire livelihood is the main and they're part of the 8123 street team and it's like their entire existence and they're like real close with the guys and they know everybody and everybody knows everybody. Um, but I like, I have to have like an actual personality and that's not like to say anything against the people who do go hard for the main. Like I respect it. I admire it. But if I made my entire life a single band, I, I would probably go crazy. But so at the same time as us respecting like the main fans or Some me of them who, go hard. or me saying someone who's like uh, you could say like I'll use we can use my past or even anything like someone who's uh, working who's into a sport or into a particular form of working out or meditation mm-hmm. they can make it their whole personality. Right. And that's clearly not what you're supposed to do. I feel like it's a very, like, neurotypical thing to be able to do. Like, maybe, I don't know, maybe that's, like, a very broad, like, assumption there. But I feel like most neurodivergent people I know have to have many 
many facets to their existence for their existence to make sense to them do you think that has to do with because now it's interesting because we're talking about specialization or like being super into something kind of but are the people who are the verbiage we're using is neurodivergent and typical so the people who are typical is it that they're able to concentrate more so they can over specialize in a singular field probably either that or i feel like it's because i i've had it explained before where like some people are like the reason the world is set up for neurotypicals is because neurotypicals are better at having one track minds it's very easy to have a one track mind when your mind is functioning the way it's designed to but when you say designed to what do you mean by that well, okay, so the world is, so, and that, that's also another generalization, because that's how the world is set up. Like, the world is set up to this very specific, like, idea of what the right way of processing is. And I've come to the conclusion that autism and neurodivergency is just evolution. It, it's evolution happening right in front of us, and the world is not set up for that, and that's why there is so much pressure that being neuroty- neurotypical is the right way, is the normal way, normal way. Because, like, truly, honestly, I 100% believe that, like, neurodivergency is evolution. It's happening right in front of us. We are becoming a smarter, more capable species. And because the way our brain is, or so, the way our brain functions is changing. So when you say, like, evolution, usually, like, from a from an evolutionary biology point of view, it's supposed to be that there's, like, some kind of pressure, and then through, like mating specific genes get expressed right from from the survival of specific types of people right now it seems like the evolution you're talking about seems to have been brought on by external stimuli and not by selective mating yeah a little bit like but also at the same time like if you really think about it a lot of autistic people have been have gone their entire lives being undiagnosed and autistic people tend to feel more comfortable around other autistic people. And so these autistic people who don't even know that they're autistic are popping out autistic babies. And it's just continuing on. Because like, if you look at like my parents, like my dad had a lot of issues. And I've talked a lot about the stuff that my dad put us through and what he went through. But if you like look at it through the lens of like, he was probably neurodivergent and wasn't given the tools he needed. A lot of people who do meth do it because they're self-medicating ADHD severe ADHD and so when you really think about it like there's and I I tell my mom all the time she's there's no way my mother isn't autistic like when you look at it in the grand scheme of things like my mom is very autistic and then you look at my grandma and you hear the stories about my grandpa and I was like there's no way they're not at least a little bit autistic so I think my entire family is just a bunch of autistic people mating with other autistic people without knowing that they're autistic and here I am like all four of my siblings uh, my three of my siblings and i all four of us were all autistic and all of us have gotten late late age diagnosis and some of us haven't even been diagnosed no i think what you're saying it's this is gonna sound so weird i feel like we're talking so when we say autism i feel like a lot of people's configurations are let's say the older generations or people before us people who are 40 plus have been diagnosed with various mental conditions that mm-hmm. are actually just autism. Uh, yes, that's what a happened to me. Bit, uh, 
That's what happened to me. I was diagnosed with severe bipolar disorder at 16 when my brain wasn't even finished developing. They were like, yeah, you, you just got really bad bipolar disorder. And it took like eight years, six years for somebody to look at me and be like, dude, you're fine. Like you just, you're just, you're just on the spectrum. And ever since then, I've been able to actually like function and like, like accommodate my own life to what I know is wrong. Not necessarily wrong, but what I know I need is different. And it's been fine since then. This bipolar disorder that I used to have is just gone. You know, like I have control over my emotions that I was told I never had control over, you know. Um, so, yeah, it is. And, you know, my grandma, my grandma was diagnosed with my manic depression. And I guess when you were talking about your family being autistic, it's interesting because like in, in my own family members, if I were to bring this up to them, like, hey, you have tendencies that are on this spectrum. They would say, but those are also, they would say, no, this is because I'm stressed. This is mm -hmm. because I am Oh, yeah. This. My mom has a, my mom and grandma have an excuse for so, everything. So it's not that the behavior is denied. Yeah. It's acknowledged and accepted, but the explanation is altered. Yeah. So they're like, I, so even like you're, and I meant to talk, I've like wanted to bring this up specifically when you've talked about your dad asking for like like crying in church mm -hmm. and those moments because it seems like there was like not just the element of a human or this like a man fighting for his own soul but also an autistic person crying out it seems like at the same time there was like not just it wasn't a straightforward misery journey it was no. complex and yeah. i feel like if from what I've seen, when someone is clearly following the path of dark selfishness, you can feel it. And there's no confusion. Mm -hmm. It's resolute. They abandon 18 kids. They leave them. They don't, yeah. they don't ever see them. They don't lie to the kids. There's nothing. There's just complete. But this confusion and inner conflict, I've always seen it as like intuitively your dad was fighting something. And now when we look at it from like the lens of like just base neurology maybe he was just like fighting and it's, it's and funny it gets complicated when i look at it through that light because i when i really think about it my adolescence and my young adult years really mirrored my dad's as this is something i learned until really recently talking to some of my uncles who were closer with him but i did i i mirrored my dad's actions and my dad's behaviors up until the point that i was essentially diagnosed with autism and I feel like if my dad had that chance of being diagnosed, even as a 25-year-old, like, he would probably be a sober, healthy, viable dad today. And weirdly enough, like, I know I've talked about it before, but, like, like about, like, how hard it is to forgive somebody who's dead and who never apologized. Like, how do you forgive somebody who was never sorry? But in my heart, in my heart, I, I do think my dad was sorry. I do think that he genuinely, truly was trying to do better. And... I, although I do still hold a lot of resentment and anger, I, I think that that was what it took me for to, for to forgive him was to realize that like I mirrored my own father's actions, but I had a different ending than he did. I got answers that he probably really needed. And it's crazy because when you really think about it, like when you think about it, and everybody's like, well, you know, like all autistic people are very different, but there are some very common things that are very much across the board in a lot of people with the neurodivergency. And there's always... For most, for most of us, I shouldn't say always, for most of us, there's that one thing, that one thing that you hold on to that keeps you connected to society and makes you feel like a normal person. For me, it's the main. 
I'm obsessed with a band called The Main. I have been since I was like 13 because it connects me. When I'm at a concert, I feel like I'm exactly like everybody else in the room. And I think for my dad, it was baseball. My dad was a huge, 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 huge baseball fan. Up until the day he absolutely died. He could have told you any any crazy fact about baseball you asked him. He would have, yeah. Like, and I, I really think that that's, those little things are what helped me open my eyes. Like, learning more about, like, my father's, like, adolescence and young adulthood. And, like, how he carried himself. And as I get older and I get closer and closer to the age, you know, my dad was when he died. You know, I'm starting to realize I, I understand what led him up to being the person that he was. And being, and, you know, I'm like, I'm not saying he was a good person. Still to this day, I can tell you that my father was an awful, awful, awful man and that he made the decisions. Actually, and you want to know what? My dad died 10 years ago today. It is January 23rd. My dad died 10 years ago exactly today. And I'm having this conversation about this. That is actually wild. I what knew, is happening? I knew that. I knew that. And I remembered that yesterday. What and Chloe happening? said something about it. And I completely forgot until this exact moment. It has been 10 years today since my dad died. And, like, it took me 10 years to learn exactly what got him to that point in his life. And all the abuse and all the torment that I endured growing up. Like, it's not something that I could ever forget, but in a really weird, fucked up way. Because of the life that I have lived, I've learned how to forgive my dad for that. You know? Like, I truly think that he was just failed by the mental health system time and time and time again. All those times they would send him to jail and send him to prison and instead of like rehab or instead of a facility where he could get the actual help he needed you know i'm like at the end of the day like i know it was his choice he had the choice to make he had every opportunity and he chose not to make that choice but i feel like he could have had a little bit more support throughout it you know like if you're already going to force somebody into jail why not force them into a facility like just saying i don't know what life is right now me neither. Because of the date thing. And I guess I guess for people who listen to this recording later, they should know that earlier today we met fellow co-host Steve Bragg. Yes, in who, person for me for the first time. Yes, and coincidentally, Kat was staying with his friend who lives in the same neighborhood as Steve, but they did not know and until literally yesterday and had you been to that neighborhood before oh yeah oh yeah okay, Chloe, so. chloe's lived there for a couple of years now and I, i've gone there like one to three times a year every year since she's moved there so so i guess <laughs> thanks guys thank you technical difficulties the dogs are that was amazing you guys are a little i guess cats cats attention is He's very much wanted. Uh, that was insane. Could you get out of here, Biscuit? Biscuit, it, Biscuit, can you can you come here, Biscuit? Up, Biscuit. That's Biscuit. The it's a chupacabra. We actually got it from <laughs> from wherever chupacabras are. Okay, so speaking of creature, Biscuit, please. I don't know. I can't do anything. We have to... The the other alien is here. The real one. So I can't. You are interrupting. How very rude of you. No, I'm kidding. You're so sweet. And this one's so um, sweet, too. So, speaking of... This... The coincidences that happened today. And the date. And you always say, Well, that's why people believe in God. 
to explain like because you you don't and that's fine yeah. it's but it seems like there is whether we can call it uh the physicists and people call it high strangeness but it seems like there is an element of high strangeness in your life and i don't know whether it's like you talking about lights or shadow people type things or the hat man <laughs> what is that have you seen the hat man thing okay so i don't actually know okay but i used to i used to take way too much benadryl which is not good you do not you do not take too much benadryl you take the exact amount you're supposed to take but, but if benadryl if benadryl wants to sponsor the podcast <laughs> just saying we will we are good people who use it appropriately. Anyway, um, in high school, when I was a really dumb kid and I was doing whatever I could get my hands off, I once took 14 Benadryl, and I had a very, 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 very bad experience. Very bad experience. Not fun at all. What was the experience? Because you said hat man. Well, there was a lot of... I was, so, so I was in... I was literally in school. I literally... I was, like, supposed to be taking a final exam, too, which I totally failed that exam. Like, I fell asleep in it. Like, what else? Um, but I was in the bathroom, and there was... There was something in every stall, and I was alone in that bathroom. And at one point, I was covered in spiders. And as somebody with a severe arachnophobia, I did end up being taken to the nurse. Um, and luckily, at this time, I was already known for having meltdowns at school, so they thought it was just another, like, regular meltdown. I got sent home. And my family, like, literally, my mom still to this day, like, has no idea that any of that stuff ever happened. The only times I would make my stepdad pick me up from school because I was on drugs and I didn't feel good. Like, they just thought I was just generally sick. And for the record, right now, when Kat and I speak to each other, because this is recorded for listening to later, we aren't speaking to the audience. We are just speaking to each other. And I guess... If you had to give, because we've talked about the darker sides of these ways of being, in retrospect, do you remember how it felt being like that in high school? Well, so it's funny because at the time I was an extremely depressed kid going through all of these crazy things in my brain that I didn't understand and nobody would help me understand. And the only thing that would make me feel normal was to be this kind of high. But it, like in retrospect, it's, it's obviously it's not normal. It was like this weird version of normal that I created for myself to make things make sense. And I just now know, you know, like six years, I will be celebrating six years sober this year. I just passed that five year mark. And like being so far on and still knowing I have so much further to go. Because like even being almost six years sober at 25 years old, I still was addicted to stuff longer than I've been sober. And you tell somebody, yeah, I was, you know, I, I was addicted to stuff for about eight and a half, nine years total. And you tell them that you've been sober for five years. And then you tell them that you're 25 and you can see them doing the math in their head. And it's like, what the fuck were you doing at 12 years old? Like how? And I had my tonsils removed. That's what started it off. I, I had my tonsils removed. I hadn't even smoked weed yet. And I was addicted to opioids, you know? So I guess if you had to like, you can, you can take your time with those hits. But it was like forever being I, suspended in a void. I wasn't. I didn't feel anything. And you would think that that's better than feeling too much. But all these years later, I will always gladly take feeling too much over feeling nothing at all. And I guess this is going to get weird because, again, like, I guess, and I'm asking you this after. Do you feel like you have a soul? 
Or do you feel like you're purely biological intelligence? See, and that's the thing, is like, I have always wanted to understand the concept of a soul. Because like, when you really, like when you hear people talk about it, they're like, oh yeah, I, I know I have a soul. And I was like, well, how do you know? Like, cause I don't feel, I don't feel anything, you know? Like I don't, I don't think there's a, a separate part of me that just happens to live inside of me. You know, like, I really feel like I, like, if there is any soul, I think it's genuinely, truly the connection with nature. I think that that's where that really comes from. So then what do you, have you ever, when you have done, sorry. No, I got, I have this stupid keychain on my finger. It's like a little tool and I keep getting my pinky stuck in the middle of it because I'm stupid. Why is it a tool? Why I don't know, but it has like all these different like screwdriver heads and bits on it and then it has like a little wrench in the it middle. It seems like it's from Timu. Um, it's not. It was a Christmas present from Austin's family the previous year. Not this recent year, the year before. Timu has a lot of useful multi-purpose but, screwdriver objects. Yeah. Like pool sticks Timu, Timu is evil, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. What about To Wish? each their own evil. What about Amazon? Just as evil. What about... But evil in a different way. What about Walmart? Evil, but in a different way. Uh... Pottery barn. Evil, but in a very different way. <laughs> um, okay, so this, let's say... They're all evil. E- if it's a corporation, if they make multi-million dollars a year, they're, they're evil. There's no reason. But the reason that places like Wish and Timu and like AliExpress and stuff like that, the reason they're so evil... You don't evil, have to name all of them to get each one's assassins on us. We can just have one. Well, the problem with them is, is they are... Most of them are dropshippers, so they don't actually make any contact with the stuff that you are buying from them. They are, yeah. But most of it is, like, being made with child labor and unsafe working conditions and illegally and with unsafe materials, and none of it is verified. You know, you see these horror stories. You see these people who order, like, this is the picture they ordered, and then this is what they get. And it's like, you don't fucking know if there's asbestos in that, asbestos in that shit. Okay. Good. I have a question now to put you on the hot And also, seat. fast fashion is just ruining everything in general. I feel like this is going to be... This is where we cross the line. And I've waited to do this because we crossed the line a few episodes ago with people I never met. And they were talking about the elections. They were talking about souls. They were talking about life after death. Um, but I guess in this case, since... I, I personally agree, like, horrible child labor, bad. Have a child, wouldn't want him to work in it, in the Timu factory. So, um, let's say we buy $1,000 of products from Timu and resell them in America, or ourselves, and we make a profit on that. We pay taxes on that. The taxes are then directly being used right now to send missiles to Ukraine and Israel. Uh, The Ukraine is not killing as many kids, but there are still child casualties in Russia. And And also, if the Ukrainian army surrendered, their children would stop dying. And also, Israel is almost exclusively killing large amounts of children. Like, it's a... Yeah. It's oddly like a child-centric uh, casualty count somehow. Right. If And I don't... And then people are like, oh, that's just incidental. So let's assume that 
Gaza is the only place in the world with like just a few guys protecting crowds of women and children. Right. So I guess which thing is worse? Are taxes paying for those bombs or us buying cheaper stuff on Chinese websites because Amazon is such a huge taxpayer and a military collaborator that I can't decide which evil is worse. Anything so that opinion, harms anything that harms children in any way is equally evil. So in this case, when a person is trying to be like you can't pure. justify one by like sacrificing the other you know so if someone was trying to be like more conscientious in their retail decisions what would be a suitable change that they could make that isn't like going to cut them off like let's say and we talk about autism right. in a similar way if you cut yourself off from retail habits and patterns or you're like there's it's, 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 it's really hard to shop ethically nowadays. Small businesses are dying rapidly. Thrift stores are charging up the ass. And for most people, it's easier. It is easier and more cost effective. And in this economy, I totally understand why people are doing fast fashion and Timu and Wish. Because, like, yeah, if I could spend $3 on something that I can wear 100 times, I absolutely would. Because, um, you know, like, right now, it's it's hard to do so but the thing is is you're spending three dollars on something that you're only going to be able to wear three times and it's going to absolutely fall apart and then you're going to have to spend that three dollars again and that's where that's where that's where the problem comes in because fast fashion not only relies a lot on child labor and other in foreign countries and in illegal um trade practices but it's also literally like probably a good like 20 percent of the problem with climate change you know like fast fashion a lot of the stuff that they produce cannot be upcycled or reused you won't find it in thrift stores because it doesn't hold up and they're just gonna end up in land i see what you're saying but okay since we talked about you said global warming let's immediately without getting into statistics or anything that could be talked about so there's no option for debate or bad data in this case uh with and it's going to be a weird connection two recent um government admissions government official admissions about the nature of uap and recovered craft right uh, one of them seems to it's like some amount of meters like below 50 meters in diameter above 10 i forget it's like an oval but when you go inside it's apparently the size of a football field right uh, and this device apparently generates its own power and consumes its own power. And it's apparently a, a terawatt of power, which is apparently a lot of power. I'm not an electricity guy. Yeah. Um, but in all of this scientific research of these devices and the papers coming out about the scientific institutions that have been researching them and government agencies... The things seem to have energy sources that would make global warming not a thing. Right. That would negate, even if it is just our tech, it would definitely, if you have that, you don't need to pollute the earth. Holy shit. What if this whole time the aliens have been trying to give us technology so that we could stop destroying our habitat and that we don't have to fight climate change? And they're like, we can help you with this. But the government, all the governments know they lose so much money without big oil and without all the big companies. And like, that's why they keep fucking, oh my God, yo, listen. And see, this is the thing is every time I have these conversations, I think of something else that the government could be doing 
to like basically because I feel like what they want they want us to be in total disarray mm -hmm. they are plotting for a dystopian future because what easier like I guess like um, uh, circumstance to overtake a world is there than a dystopian future okay so what if let's say other people who are like 50 or 60 and have been involved in this for a long time some are 70 they also believe that the which is this is disturbing to say and i feel happy that we're in person also you don't have to cover your mouth when you yawn let them see it I, ugh, let them habit. take the yawn it's in. a habit because yawns are contagious and i don't want to make everybody imagine yawn. that would that's how it works i'm you making see a contagious yawn. yawn video yeah no but like seriously people like, want to fall asleep i'll just be like but like yeah i don't want to like make people like tired during our episode like i feel like sometimes we're boring enough as is jesus wow that was well wow. you know like sometimes sometimes i know zach is honest because he called it the ai videos a ripoff but that was just this was podcasts in their nature can be boring we're not boring this is asmr Yo, bro. I just did it. I just said we just broke new boundaries. We just we literally are I feel now. Like you need to put a trigger warning for that shit. Somebody's gonna be listening. To <laughs> <laughs> the, the smoke detector's battery is. <laughs> that scared the shit out of me. It was, it was good. So, but also, I have to say, all of the dogs immediately getting up to go over and inspect it—that was hilarious. What were we even talking? Okay, I don't so know, other people believe. Sorry, sorry. Uh, other people believe that the the visitors, which are what they're officially called in certain documentation, or the NHI or EBE, right. whatever acronyms have been used since the 1940s and before on documents that span institutions like here to the Vatican. So your your sworn enemy, the Catholic Church. Or, the, well, the Mormon churches are sworn enemy, but... Yeah, essentially. But I guess the Catholic Church gave birth to all the other ones, so... In a way, yeah. In a way, they're, like... Yeah. They would also join the crusade against you if they could. They would a probably combine would. their teams, their tactical teams. We can... I'm an abomination to almost every religion. Every religion centered around Christ... I am either a heathen or an abomination. And you know what? I it's gladly, gladly... Okay, gladly. we're about to get somewhere. If I'm the real devil, then I don't think we have a problem with the devil. This is... I want to run and go get a book, but I'm going to say one thing because you said that. It's very... And we can leave whenever you have Yeah, I was going to say we also need to... Well, I will wait until, like, she lets me know she's leaving work. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So when you say you're an abomination to all religions that are based on Christ, I've started to find... Let's, let's sum it up very quickly. Christ seemed to preach more so the stuff that you oh it's so funny because preach. all these churches i'm like the i'm like the antichrist to them i'm exactly what they're like shielding their children from but if jesus christ were to come to earth today i would be the i would be at jesus's table and all these christians and all these catholics and all these people who tell me that i'm gonna go burn in hell and who would probably shoot me if they had the chance would be the ones that jesus turns away and that's the craziest thing to me about religion 
I guess what I'm wondering is like, let's say the heretical gospels, the primary difference between them and the stuff that's included is that in them, the conversations between Jesus and Mary or Philip or whoever, the person who's like, this is bad, we can't include it. Jesus is always telling them that it's more important for them to know themselves mm -hmm. than anything else. Figure out yourself and you will know God and everything else. So I guess from that perspective and since we're wrapping up our very we could have started earlier but we couldn't and we also hung out with steve which we yeah. didn't record which for everyone who knows you don't have to record everything don't feel pressure to record stuff because that was a good we also didn't have as much time because he has stuff he needed to do yeah but we could have he wanted to record right when we got there because yeah. we're all we're all podcasters bro yeah grinding we're on the podcast grind. Although now you know how, how easy it is to get out there. You have no excuse. Yeah, and how easy it is for Steve and I to come to Kansas. Yeah, it's really City. not that hard. It's not that Just hard. Just saying. Although I do only have one spare room. You guys would have to share a bed. We we'll bring John in your area, and then we'll all camp outside your house. I live in an apartment complex. We'll camp outside the apartment complex. There's nowhere for you to camp outside of my apartment complex. Well, don't, don't you guys have places for unsheltered humans like in arizona everywhere trees and other in i live on a hill really yeah there's like all these this like foresty hill leading up to my oh. and there's also school but sting i guess the the <laughs> idea of you finding yourself as being what christ taught let's say in whatever way you're like um proto-european slash american ethnicity or european like ancestors my 50 shades of white i i um they're you're fulfilling the true like base of their like i guess christian belief which is self-discovery so i guess my power is back on yes cat hasn't had power because of the winter storms ravaging kansas city i've been without power for a week and a half almost well this is, technically it would have been a week and a half but it's a week and a day but we will not be able to go home until tomorrow in the united states please everyone keep this in mind if you're your it doesn't matter what level of development anyone's at the power can go out so be ready to run or are they allowed can? to like enter my apartment without telling me though they like totally said that they went in and opened our cabinets under our sinks and opened our faucets. Uh, why? I'm pretty sure they're supposed to give us 24 yeah, hour notice. I don't whatever. think. I'm, well, whatever. I don't have but, anything out anyway. And that's like. What do you have that would be out? Be just illegal cannabis stuff because I live in Kansas. You don't have any at your house, remember? I'm well, I technically do, but it's all hidden. Do I have to delete this from the recording? What if can whatever? It's only legal if I'm actively using it. I haven't smoked it in six months. I don't know what these podcasts are anymore because people say some reckless things. I don't know if it's like. Anyway, the question was: There, you have been on this journey of <laughs> self-discovery, and we've been asking you about it for now. We were talking about it like thirty hours. I don't know how many hours yeah, we've a recorded. Lot. Probably more than that. So what have you discovered about yourself because i on all the other podcasts I we think, only ask like i think the biggest thing that i've learned especially you know like 
turning 25, which I know everybody's like, 25, that's all that old. But for me, it's fucking old. When you didn't think you were going to live past 16, 25 is goddamn old. It's old. But the biggest thing I've realized is, it's like, man, it's it's not that deep. It's not that deep. It's it's really, it's not that deep. No matter what it is, it's not that deep. <laughs> Nothing is permanent. It is all fucking temporary. Okay? Like, that person that you, like, don't talk to anymore because they were a piece of shit. Who cares? It's not that deep. Don't let it get to you. You don't talk to them for a reason. You know, like, there's these things where it's, like, people hold on to things for so long. And it's, like, letting, learning to just let the fuck go. Life-changing. You just gotta let it go. How do you practice letting it go? I just don't give a fuck. I have no more fucks to give. I ran out of fucks to give. How did you start? So it just reached the point where you run out? You you, kind of do. There's just one day where you realize, you're like, why am I stressing about this? Like what? What is this? What? What is the stress benefiting me in any way? And once you realize to let go of things that don't benefit you in your own personal journey of growth, it all just kind of like falls into line from there. You know, like after the divorce and after spending all that time like on somebody else's like back wins, you know, like I finally realized like okay, if I just make decisions that only benefit me, myself, and I, that's all I need to do. And now look at me. Like, it's been two years, and I'm a completely different person. I have control over my own life again. I'm actually truly happy and not just pretending to be happy because I'm embarrassed about what people will think if they find out I'm not actually happy. You know? Like, it's like, it's like I can say, like, man, I'm so happy to be alive and actually mean it. And, like, that's, that's crazy. You know? Like, I actually genuinely, truly am glad that I am here and that I'm just, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about anything anymore. I think today might be the day I ran out. You got you run out eventually. I think this was the moment. You you run out eventually. And it eventually, was on camera because I felt it leave my body. Yep. Eventually, you realize that none of it fucking matters. All that matters is you and the people you love and being kind and true. You know, being honest. You know, back to that conversation of authenticity. Everybody thinks that like being authentic is a privilege, but it's not. We spend our entire life being an unauthentic version of ourselves. We spend so much time being exactly what everybody else thinks we should be and exactly what everybody else thinks we need to be. And the second you kind of say fuck it and truly, it's truly, honestly, just live the life you want to live and the life you've outlined for yourself. Basically, what I've learned is as long as your goals are not harmful to yourself or others, you can achieve them. You don't even have to try that hard. I mean, like, yes, you have to try. You have to try. But it's not, it's, it, it's not always a battle. It doesn't have to be a battle to be happy. You can just exist and be happy, and it's possible. But first, you have to stop giving a fuck. First and foremost, you gotta stop giving a fuck. Fuck what people think, fuck what people say, fuck what people expect. Fuck them all. I, I think I'm gonna go drop Cat off now. Um, this was... I, I'm so glad we got to do this in person. We did it. Uh, if someone listened for, how did, it wasn't even that long, 38 minutes today. It's not bad at all. Nice and quick. But if they did make it through the 38 minutes and they were like trying to stop caring and they wanted to start today, how? Just take a deep breath and focus on what the fuck matters. It's, it's once you kind of like really look at the bigger picture, it's really easy to realize what truly matters. And you know, like I don't have kids, but like for me, 
I was able to just kind of like take a look around. I'm like, this was before I had even met Austin, right? So there was no partner in play here. It was just me, myself, and I, and my cats. My cats who rely on me for happiness and sustenance in life. And I feel like that can be applied to kids, you know? Like those are really, truly the only thing that matters. And if you find somebody who aligns with that like path that you have outlined for yourself and their path lines up for it and you guys can coexist peacefully and happily, because that's the other thing. That's one thing that I've learned. Relationships don't have to be hard. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, everybody fights. Everybody gets into arguments. But it's like, no, like, actually, truly, like, there's a difference between having a disagreement and having an adult conversation and having a fight. Austin and I have been, like, doing this thing for almost two years now. We've only been officially dating for, like, a year and a half-ish. But, like, we've been doing this thing for almost two years now. And we've had two fights, arguments, uh, conversations, really. One of them wasn't even because of us. It was because of the people who used to live with us and who were manipulative and toxic and ruining his life. And second was just, you know, a boundary that hadn't been previously discussed. So we discussed the boundary and boom, behavior changed, conversation had, no problem since. You know, like it's just, it's supposed to, like if you find yourself screaming and arguing and yelling every single time, you know what happens sometimes? Sometimes emotions get overwhelming and it's really hard to stay calm and that's totally valid. We're human. Like we can't be perfect all the time. But if every single time a small disagreement or a small conversation comes up and it turns into a huge yelling, screaming fight, that's not normal. That's not, you know, and so like if you can find somebody who can exist peacefully with you, let them be on your journey, but never prioritize them above yourself. That's the other thing you always have to remain your first priority that is the art of not giving a fuck putting you yourself above all others because if especially if you have children if you are not at 100 percent yourself and you are not putting yourself first how are you going to be able to take care of your human you know and it's 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 crazy because like there are some people like me who are child free and that's how we feel about our cats but like at the end of the day there is a living breathing thing that is relying on you for its safety its comfort and its food and if you yourself are not 100% and you are not able to take care of yourself as your first priority, there is no way that you can give that living, breathing thing who relies on you the 100% to, you know? Because if you only have 70% to give, how can you give 100% to somebody who needs it from you, you know? And that is the art of not giving a fuck. And you, you feel free to end idiot mystic however you want you are signing off today. gang gang chicken wing no i'm kidding i'm kidding stay safe be kind to yourself idiot mystic irl boondang songs boondang songs i don't know i was trying to do gang songs for some reason i was just trying to do a little heart i was just trying to do a little heart i went straight to like when i was in deca we used to do this what is that it's a diamond it's the deca diamond but now I got to I, I this feel bad. peace signs. I feel bad doing the gang. I don't know what you made me do just now. Deca diamond. It's, it's going to turn diamond. out. It's, I don't believe you. It's going to turn out to be an occult It's a symbol. high school. It's a high school group. It's a high school business group. Anyway, deuces. Ciao. Ooh.